0: and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show.
2: And happy Friday. Welcome to The Blaze Live and On Demand. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me. We've got a packed house today. New York talk show host Shannon Joy is with us as well. You'll find out why here in just a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can access one of three ways. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Show. for those of you listening to the live audio right now or the podcast later on so you don't have the graphic over the shoulder telling you how to spell the last name. It is D-E-A-C-E. And those of you that are listening to the podcast, no matter where you are or when you are choosing to listen to us, we do greatly appreciate you. Coming up a little bit later on today's show, today's truth bomb, I think we have finally found our first example of 4D chess. At least I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's what it is. Because I don't want to believe. People on, quote, my side are this dumb. So it better be. It better be 4D chess. Also, some feedback Friday where we will respond to your responses to us. But we begin with your weekly look at the week that was. It is time for the first time in 2019 for the day's Group. The tip of the cap to the late great John McLaughlin. We've got a lot to get to while being gone for about three weeks. So let's get to issue one.
1: Mattis moves on. President Trump made the announcement over Christmas break.
2: We've been fighting for a long time in Syria. I've been president for almost two years, and we've really stepped it up, and we have won against ISIS. We've beaten them, and we've beaten them badly. We've taken back the land. And now it's time for our troops to come back home.
1: Soon after, Secretary of Defense James Mattis announced he would be stepping down from his position. In his resignation letter, he said, quote, "...my views on treating allies with respect and also being clear-eyed about both malign actors and strategic competitors are strongly held and informed by over four decades of immersion in these issues." We must do everything possible to advance an international order that is most conducive to our security, prosperity, and values, and we are strengthened in this effort by the solidarity of our alliances. Because you have the right to have a Secretary of Defense whose views are better aligned with yours on these and other subjects, I believe it is right for me to step down from my position. The end date for my tenure is February 28, 2019. Trump seemed to take this news well initially. General Jim Mattis will be retiring with distinction at the end of February after having served my administration as Secretary of Defense for the past two years. Then, apparently, Trump reacted to some people telling him this was embarrassing for him, kicking out General Mattis forthwith and replacing him with the former Deputy Secretary of Defense, Patrick Shanahan.
2: First question, Shannon. Let's go to you to lead things off. Ladies first, of course, we still believe gender is binary. All right. On this show anyway. So in your view, Shannon, is this good or bad for the country?
3: I think that there are two things that um, Mattis could have done that would have been transformative during his tenure. I think the first thing would have been to end the politicization of the military, right? All of the gender bending social experimentation that has been happening within the military, really distracting our troops and our generals from their mission, which is to protect the United States of America, secure our borders and uh, protect our national strategic interests. And instead, it's turned into, I mean, everything from transgender in the military, training, uh, you know, bathroom policies, moving women, forcing the integration on the front lines of infantry for women. You know, all of this could have ended with really clear Uh, direction from a General Mattis, and he failed to do so. We essentially had a continuation of Obama-era policies in that respect. The other thing he could have done, uh, really, which would have been helpful to the American people and those of us who care about our nation's security, is to formulate a very clear national security policy and then help the president articulate that. And he failed to do that as well. We really don't know yet. We really haven't had any type of direction on uh, on a, on a broad, in a broad sense on you know, who are our enemies, who are our allies, um, every I- engagement that uses United States troops and military force, whether it's Afghanistan, Syria, uh, Iraq, um, you know, what is the national strategic interest, and then what is the cost-benefit analysis? And I think Americans are rightly frustrated with these endless wars abroad, but we do want to know, you know who are our enemies. In terms of Syria, you know, Mattis used Syria as an excuse essentially for resigning from President Trump's administration. And we still, you know, a lot of people look at ISIS, you know, we're pulling out because we so, you know, defeated so-called ISIS. Um, But what about Russia? What about China? What about that strategic alliance? What about Um, You know, they still haven't been held to account, Russia at least, for the annexation of Crimea and Ukraine. They're still moving in the Balkans. And so there are larger national security threats that just were never articulated by Mattis. And so I think that his departure is essentially more of the same. He really didn't accomplish much. And unfortunately, neither has the president.
4: Todd. Well, I'm of two minds about this. I think ultimately I'm where you are in terms of uh, getting out of out of Dodge in, uh, in Syria, so on Trump's side versus uh, Mattis' side, um, only because right now we don't know what a gender is, as you already pointed out, and we're about to be overrun completely, as we see just in a matter of days, by paganism. So we, we got things to do here at home. We really cannot be uh, uh, focused on anything else about shoring up a civilization right here. That aside... Which is a big thing to put aside if if we just simply want to talk about uh, the debate about uh, uh, Mattis uh, and whether militarily it's just a good uh, uh, idea to be there even if our country is strong here. I thought the conversation that was going on over the course of days uh, during Christmas break was fascinating. There are people I respect on both sides that I actually think make strong arguments that must be confronted about uh, what to do. And that's a rare thing thing these days we are always arguing straw men here i think steve you you've more or less been on the side of it's time to get home your arguments have been strong there are people who have like uh uh, dan crenshaw out of texas uh newly sworn in who lost an eye who's making the argument listen uh basically it's it's not uh fantastic that this is uh the state of affairs but either uh we serve our country as military men dying over here or we die at home um there's a Lord of the Rings quality about Helm's Deep and the elves coming to do their thing that I've said on the show before. I have to guard against being swooning too much about that because I do believe there are bad men everywhere and this is the one nation that often can do something about it. I'm very sympathetic to that, but I have to guard against the fact that we came to, I think, this point two days ago, Steve. Once you get past that, then you have to have a general and leadership Like uh, General Grant, the Lincoln finally found after four years of bloodshed. No, he fights. He will go in there and actually fight a war the the way a military is meant to be used. And I don't think we've done that the entire time we've been over in Afghanistan or in Iraq. So uh, I go back to where I started. I think I'm with Steve only because we are such a mess here in this nation that Mattis or no Mattis— he he wasn't about to solve ultimately what is at the heart of our misuse of our military and our sense of mission in the world,
1: Aaron. Yeah, this I don't want to make make this sound like I'm punting, but um, I think this question is is almost impossible to answer definitively mm-hmm. because we don't have a mission, or at least not an articulated uh-huh. one for yep. the general uh, public. Uh, If we did, then we would be able to draw some distinctions about what's good and bad for our policy and who will support the good policy or the bad policy, etc. I I am sympathetic to the Kurds um, and how much we've tried to build inroads with them in Syria. I, I don't like just kind of cut tailing and running away from them. But at the same time, why are we building those relationships with, – with those one-on-one relationships with the Kurds as our special forces have been doing in Syria for the last couple of years? And so um, I, this is, again, an impossible question to answer because when we can't even answer the question what is a uh, boy and what's a girl and what bathroom do we use, uh, how do you think we're ever going to have a leg to stand on about what wars should we fight? Um, no, those, those, those things are not compatible uh, why have a standing military when we can't even say this is an idiot and this is an outie with any definitive uh, answer whatsoever? This is um, – again, everything is emblematic of, of, of our lack of any sort of transcendent mooring as far as morals or truth goes in this country. Anywhere you look, everywhere you look in our culture – and in our institutions, it is crumbling or at least, at the very least, if you're going to be really, really, um, yeah, really nice about it, uh, there are at least cracks in the foundation of every single institution. Not to say there aren't good people in the military. I have b- – b- part of my my brother's in the military. He's overseas right now, and, and there are always go- good people there. But as far as the overall goal, if the foundations are shook and if the foundations are shaken – um, then our, our mission, our goal, our vision is going to be faulty.
2: See, I think that's exactly right. I want to go back to what you said a minute ago. I, I, am, I am actually not in favor of bringing people home. I am in favor of not continuing to suck. Correct. That's Correct. what I'm in favor of. Okay. Historically, militaries exist for two things, to defend your national interests at home or to advance them abroad. So they are either for the national defense or for conquering we have attempted, and this, is, and this is the progressive view of history, that we can ignore the self-evident truths cited by our founding fathers, that history has revealed to be true in all times, in all places, and in all, um, in all cultures and customs. This is the way the world operates because of who God is and who we are. OK, and there's nothing there's no fantastical enlightened formula we can do to game theory or and utopia eyes around the realities of the world. I'm not dogmatic anymore in my foreign policy views because we are not up against a definitive singular dogma like we were when we were children with the Soviet Union. That's why staying in Afghanistan forever is not the same as 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 guarding, uh, you know, uh, the, the current coal in West Germany in 1982. It's not the same thing because we're dealing with it. Right now, our, we, went to, we wanted to get rid of Assad five years ago. And now we had to keep him in power to hold back an enemy that didn't even exist when we did the first authorized use of military force under President Bush 15 years ago that they're still being governed by. Consider we're fighting a war against an enemy that didn't exist when we granted the first authorization of uh, use of military force that we're using to fight that enemy. ISIS didn't exist. They did not exist. So we're, again, that's why you can't be dogmatic about this. You know, Mattis says, well, I've been doing this for 40 years. We're not doing what we were doing 40 years ago, James. And no, you don't know more about this than me because you're blinded by your worldview. James Mattis has... Does James Mattis know more about military tactics and machinery than me? Sure he does. Does he know more about the general world than you and me? No. Because the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool. And the fool has been sitting there saying, maybe there's not a gender. What was the report last week? Mass pregnancies in the military? They're dealing with that issue. Gee, I wonder why that's happening. Why, I, where would pregnancies come from? Do you know how they happen? I, I, does anybody know anymore? Dandelion okay. spores. Uh, 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 yes. So no, he doesn't know more about how to confront the enemy because the enemy is within our own ranks. We are blinded by our utopian progressive worldview, and so we never get to. We never get to. He's a superior soldier because he's a terrible philosopher. He's a terrible philosopher.
1: Knowledge and wisdom.
2: Yes, there's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. There's the difference between intelligence and experience. And so we're up against an enemy that has been, that has been constantly evolving and splintering and turning on itself since pretty much the 7th century. What was America doing in the 7th? You know, Mattis wants to cite 40 years of experience. I'll trump that one, no pun intended. How about 1,300 damn years of experience? How do you like them apples? What was, it? what was General Mattis and the American military brass doing in the 7th century, Todd? You know what they were doing? I know what they were doing. Wampum and sweat lodges, because there wasn't a United States military, when all of the conflicts we're in the middle of right now began raging in that part of the world. And so to me, it's long overdue. I don't agree either with leaving Syria to hand it to Turkey. I thought Trump's solution was even dumber than staying there. I agree with him prompting the question, but the, I, the fact that Trump's solution is, well, let's just have Islamic hegemony is, shows he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about either. He's just tired of this and wants to come home, and he's looking for a winning issue with a 39% approval rating. Enough childlike. When I was a child, I thought, spoke, and reasoned as a child. It's time for to become an adult. We've killed too many people. Too many Americans have come home in body bags. Too many Muslims have been caught in the crosshairs. Too many people have died as we've tried to find this in-between area that doesn't exist. If you told me tomorrow, if Trump announced tomorrow, you know what? After thinking the server with my brass, here's what's going to happen. Afghanistan's the Middle Eastern Guam. We ain't never leaving. In fact, what we're going to do is plant a flag. And we're going to teach them. All right, we're going to actually teach, we're gonna Americanize them. And and we're going to teach, treat it like an American territory. And if any of you Islamists get squirrely, uh, you're going to wake up tomorrow and, oh my goodness, Mecca gone. Amazing, what happened? I'm in. Now that's what a military does.
4: That's what it does. It'd be more realistic. It'd be more honest. It'd be more pragmatic. It's what every great yeah.
2: power in the history of this planet has done. It would done.
4: suck, but it would
2: be more honest. Every great power in the history of this planet has decided to defend itself and sustain itself by doing one of two things, building big walls and mass moats, that's one. And we did that. We had that for the first 200 years of our republic. They were called the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. Okay, So every great superpower in the history of this world has established and sustained itself by doing one of two things, building big walls and huge moats, or I conquer you, and, give you and, and put my values on you, hence the Greco-Roman uh, culture. Okay, as in the Greek, the Romans decided they didn't want the Greek culture anymore. They wanted the Greek culture, but in Latin. And so they took it over. Okay, that's how this works. We are trying to do this with white papers and think tanks and enlightenment and moderation, things that don't exist on this planet because we are sinners. who refuse to acknowledge that one basic fact. Human nature is not basically good, and it predates Mattis. It goes to George W. Bush at his second inauguration address saying the desire of all human hearts is to be free. No, George, it's not. The desire of all, well, I will, you know what? On second thought, yeah, it is, George, just not the way you think. The desire of all human hearts is to be free, free of God's judgment, free of God's law. That's what's in the desire of every human heart. And we are concocting a foreign policy that ignores the most basic fundamental truths of human existence. And so we're not standing a post. We're freaking mall cops. That's what we are. We're Kevin James on his scooter with better weaponry and just playing dodge the IED. And if we turn around for five seconds, the Taliban's back. Boy, this must be the greatest ragtag bunch of, of, of Muslim colonials of all time that they can just keep returning. All right. We, we, we handed Iran. Iran wanted to conquer Iraq in 1979. They just had to wait 40 years and the U.S. handed it to them instead. What the hell is this strategy? What is this? It's not one. It's a it's a reactionary policy. What's the mission? What's the end game? That's what I'm for. I'm for that debate. That's long overdue for the American people to have. But the American people are going to have to demand it. Exit question. If your optimism for Trump's handling of our foreign policy from here were a Bob Seger song, which Bob Seger song would it be? A, Beautiful Loser. B, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. C, Still the Same. D, Like a Rock. Aaron. Oh boy, that last one. Uh, I'm going to go with C though. Still the same. Todd. C as well. Shannon.
3: Make that three. C for me.
2: Nah, I rarely do the John McLaughlin veto. You're all wrong. The answer is B, rambling, gambling, man. It is just as likely that tomorrow we will wake up and Trump will plant the U.S. flag in Mosul as it is that um, uh, he will hand it over uh, to uh, Turkey. Uh, that's the, he, he, there, there's a wild card there. And he is, po- he is reachable. It's just we, try, we don't try to reach him very often. Um, issue two, shutdown.
1: First, President Trump was adamant he would sign no bill, no spending bill, no continuing resolution without funding for a border wall. He even got into it with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi.
2: My wall. None of us have you said. You want to know
3: something? You've said okay, it.
2: Okay. You want to put that on my? You said
3: it.
1: I'll take it. Okay, okay. Good. You know what I'll say? Yes. If we don't get what we want, one way or the other, whether it's through you, through a military, through anything you want to call,
3: I will shut down the government. Okay, Absolutely. fair enough. And we I disagree. am proud, and I'll we tell disagree. you
1: what, I am proud
2: to shut down the government.
1: Then it seemed Trump would go weak in the knees. And then after that, and after some harsh criticism from conservative media namely Rush Limbaugh, Trump decided to actually stay the course and promised a shutdown if no funding for border wall was had. The House actually passed a budget which included funding, but the Senate could not. So right before Christmas, the government shut down, and it's been shut down ever since. It was the third shutdown of 2018, and it carries over into the new year and the new Congress. And when I say shutdown I mean shut down. True
2: or false, Todd? Neither Trump nor the Democrats has an incentive politically to end this anytime soon. First question I ask you.
4: Uh, I think it's false. Uh, Democrats clearly, to the the degree that people are paying attention, which is a very, very, very big if, but Democrats can't allow their church to go on autopilot for this lug. I mean, they... We are the people you need. We run things. We're the smart people in the room. If if this thing goes on uh, shut down and people just get on with their life, uh, they might actually wake up and realize um, we don't need the Commerce Department. We should bring a lot of these functions that we rely on the federal government back to the states. We should not be taxed as much. So, yeah, in theory, if people are paying uh, uh, attention, uh, it's a problem problem for them. Uh, it could also be a problem uh, for uh, Republicans because of the Santa Claus factor. Uh, way too many people, even those who vote Republican on a regular basis, think like, oh, come on, you guys just grow up. Why can't you get along? They actually don't see uh, when somebody filibusters uh, on principle as, as a grown-up thing to do. They just think oh, God, come on, make the trains run on time. That's what I put you there for. It's like the person who's the conservative uh, who, who just can't see th- a police force uh that might be they're the ones with the guns uh and the sticks and if maybe they're getting a little out of control and beating people up too much they all they, oh, well if they weren't doing anything wrong nothing would be happening no, no you know that if you like small government you also have to make sure the ones with the weaponry are restrained as well so yeah both sides probably are going to have some incest, not in, right on this day in this moment but right quick Both of these sides don't have the the spine, and the American people don't have the principles or the attention span to understand what is going on. They're just going to start complaining, Um, so both very quickly are going to have some incentive. I'm not sure which one first,
2: but somebody will. Aaron, same true, false question to you.
1: I think it's um, uh, – as far as no incentive, I think that is uh, true because all of this is is optics at this point – let me attach a rider to that if I'm allowed to do that. If and only if Donald Trump stays the course and does not sign anything, uh, neither side has any incentive to end the su- shutdown because you can just bludgeon each other with it. And that's what people like. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's no incentive because Donald Trump gets to tell, gets to say uh, to his base, hey, we're fighting. I'm fighting. I uh, You knew I would fight. Uh, he gets to say that to his base. Whereas the other side gets, look how terrible he is, we need to impeach him, he's, he's keeping the government shut down. Uh, both sides benefit as long as the government is, I think, shut down. Um, again, that is if and only if Donald Trump actually stays the course. Um, and, of course, I, I think, I think that, you know there's going to be a cave because that's what republicans do when democrats are in control i was talking to chris pandolfo from conservative review earlier today saying and he said he he said to me boy it just took me 24 hours to remember how much i uh, like the de- or the republicans sucking and not doing anything other than uh, rather than the democrats being in charge I'm like you know when the republicans are in charge at least at least for better or worse nothing gets done when the democrats are in charge you are assuming the fetal position all the time because you don't know when the next time the Republicans will sh- sell you out.
2: So, Shannon, what, what Todd was talking about is, is true, that in, in a vacuum, as a singular concept, it, it doesn't do the Democrats good to have this go on for a few weeks and have most Americans get up and realize, hell, I didn't even know the whole thing was shut down, okay? I mean, or, or was partially shut down, actually, all right? He, as a singular and a vacuum concept, there's no question that that's true. But we're not in a vacuum. Yep. All right. We've, we've got a presidential primary underway in the Democratic Party. And you're going to have Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, uh, likely Beta O'Rourke, and uh, Spartacus, Cory Booker. That's four Democrat members of Congress, at least running for president, or at least ramping up to do so right now. And, and I, I remember being on the, you know, or watching, this was before I joined Cruz, and watching the amount of, of, of sleepless nights uh, he provided uh, Mitch McConnell. Because he had all the political incentive to push, uh, to push the process as far as it would go because it would also do good for him as a, as a prospective presidential candidate. And that was just one guy doing it. Now you're going to have four Democrats all vying for that activist base. And I can't imagine it's an applause line anywhere in America – for any of them to go and give a stump speech where they say, yeah, we opened the government back up and we only gave Trump. He asked for five billion for a wall. We only gave him two and a half. I don't think that gets any applause to any potential Democratic presidential candidate. And so I think that adds a little you know, allure yeah, to, to Todd's pr- pr- premise, which I agree with in a vacuum. But this is a unique circumstance. What do you think?
3: Maybe a smidgen, maybe a little smidgen. I, you know, you guys know. With did you all know that uh, Donald Trump is a WWE Hall of Famer? Did you know? Do you know that um, that WrestleMania happened in Trump Plaza? WrestleMania four and five took place in Trump Plaza, Atlantic City. Um, listen, this will go on. The answer is What's true. What you gonna do, brother? You're exact. Give me. This- oh hell, yeah.
2: Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes.
3: You're You guys had to, you had to gin me up with the, you know, the uh, Capitol Hill shutdown showdown between Chuck Schumer and Donald Trump. And it was all so riveting and there were like a hundred cameras there. It is so scripted. I took one look at that and thought this deal has been hammered out weeks ago in a back room with Pelosi, Lindsey Graham, Trump, Chuck Schumer, McConnell, and all of this is just for our benefit. The goal, I think, the trick is to get the passage, to essentially get the gang of eight legislation without the base realizing it. And so they have to give them a lot of red meat. They have to make it look really good. And I think that um, this will persist as long as the script calls for it. We got a clue. Newt Gingrich, who tends to be on the front end of these things, was on Sean Hannity yesterday. And we got a clue as to what the deal is going to be. It's going to be maybe two billion dollars for a wall, potentially another two billion in, you know, five or six or twenty-five years, if we're lucky, in exchange for what Newt called reasonable common sense DACA fixes and some type of amnesty, which he also said on the Sean Hannity program, and this is something that the majority of Americans agree with. You know, 80, 90% of Americans agree that these kids came over here through no fault of their own. And it was the same talking points that we got from Democrats. And so all of this, I'm telling you, you guys know, this is scripted reality. This is, and it it helps to have, I'm telling you, it helps to have a reality star in the Oval Office because he's darn good at this. And, um, you know, I think we're going to get Gang of Eight 2.0 after all this is done.
2: All right, exit question. If the outcome of the shutdown as it impacts, as that outcome impacts everyday Americans, were a Bob Seger song? Which Bob Seger song would it be? A, Feel Like a Number. B, Roll Me Away. C, Still the Same. D, Fire Down Below. Todd.
4: Still the same.
2: All right. Shannon, I think I know your answer, but go ahead.
3: Still the same, baby. Yeah,
2: I thought that was going to be her answer. Aaron, what say you? Still the same. Going to overrule us again? Uh, No, I think the outcome for everyday Americans will be still the same. I agree. I, I don't, again, I agree with the premise of what Shannon said, like I do with what you said. But we're not in the vacuum of this. Okay? You have a new left emerging. And you have four people in Congress vying for the affection of that base. And that base hates everything Shannon just said every bit as much as our base does. That base hates that.
4: It's going to be fascinating. You're and, right. and
2: they're not going to just sit, one of them at least will not just roll over and play dead for this. One of them at least will say, I can make huge political hay re- leading a revolt against what Shannon just described. At least one of them will. I could see all four of them doing it, frankly. We'll come back. More here live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. All right, we're back here live on demand on The Blaze. It is a Friday, which means it's time for the day's Group, your weekly look at the week that was. Todd and Aaron here, as always, but we've always got an extra person to fill out the roundtable this week, New York talk show host Shannon Joy. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to issue three, Tranny Madness.
1: Over the Christmas holiday break, Good Morning America did what any decent network morning show would do, and normalized and glamorized child abuse. I
0: am Desmond, I'm 11 years old, and I like pizza, trains, and drinking root beers since it's caffeine free. I also do drag, and I love to put on makeup, dresses, and wigs, and of course, jewelry.
4: I'm very proud of him. I'm proud that he's found his path so early.
0: My greatest joy in this is just seeing Desmond happy. I love doing drag because it makes me feel amazing and self-expressive.
1: Please welcome Desmond Naples, a.k.a. Desmond is amazing. The subject of that story, an 11-year-old, was also the subject of a story where he was allowed by his parents to dance at a gay bar for dollar bills earlier in December. Also, Miss Spain, Angela Ponce, nearly made it into the finals of the Miss Universe pageant, where he said, quote, having a vagina does not make me a woman. I'm a woman and already was before my birth because my identity is here, pointing at his head, and not down there. This determines my being a woman. And finally, footage went viral of a cross-dressing dude going ape at a GameStop.
2: You're gonna give back. Excuse
4: me, sir, there's a young man in here. Excuse
1: me, it's ma'am.
2: I'm
4: it is ma'am. I can call
2: the police if you'd like me to. You need to settle down.
4: You need to settle down and mind your
2: business. Okay? Ma'am. Once again, ma'am. I said both of you. No, you said sir. Once again, it's ma'am. I actually okay. said both of you guys. It was general. Right beforehand,
1: you said sir.
2: Sir?
1: Okay. Take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you sir. I apologize.
2: I apologize now. Aggressive. If if having not having a vagina doesn't mean you're not a woman, what's having an Adam's apple mean you are? A big
4: riddles wrapped in enigmas, Steve. The,
2: there were numerous other. Those are the headlines, but this was everywhere over the Christmas holidays. Yep. What was what's behind? Aaron, let me start with you. What 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 was behind this obsession of pushing this over the holidays? In massive, concentrated doses. What do you think?
1: Um, I think it's uh, mass delusion. I, that, that's what it is. I, I've maintained, and I'm going to steal this from you, Todd. I'm sorry we talked about this before the show, but I'm going to steal your thunder here a little bit. Um, I have always maintained that it's not the the people who are at the center the the eleven the year old, the Miss Spain for the Miss Universe pageant. It's not the the screaming dude at the GameStop who is not acting very ladylike. Uh, but it's dressed like a lady it's not necessarily them they they need a lot of prayer and counseling and we've maintained that consistently mm-hmm. uh, as as fun uh, you know as much fun as we can poke at some like that last video sometimes uh at the at the heart of it they need a lot of counseling and they need a lot of prayer um but i will posit and i posited this before and i will continue to do so in our society they are not the ones who need the most prayer and counseling they don't have the most busted brains. We all have busted brains. We all have busted thinking. Um, their brains are not the most busted, though. It's the people in the audience of Good Morning America. It's the people... This story was making the, head, the rounds again from February about the... Um, the She's a girl who's taking testosterone in Texas at the, who won the the state girls' wrestling tournament. That mm-hmm. story was right. making the rounds as well again um it's the people who are clapping who are standing there clapping at that those are the people who need the most prayer and counseling because at least the ones who are acting out on it are being consistent with their own delusion um or at least acting uh, acting upon it even even though that is that is terrible the ones who are standing around there though they there's probably some of them who think um Yeah, this is kind of weird, but you know I can't be judgmental, so I'm just gonna suppress that. I'm gonna suppress what I know is right. Those people don't know any better. Who are dressing up like uh, women and men who, who 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 are not women and men? It's the people who are clapping, who are the most deluded, because they I think I think they really are suppressing what they know is right and wrong in the name of fill in the blank. I don't want to be a bigot. I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be politically correct. I want to be, I want to feel good about myself. It's the idol of self again. It's the people who are clapping along all this time. It's the people who are clapping who need the most help.
2: Cons, cults, criminal syndicates require collaborators. They they can't do this uh, on their own. They're, they're, they never have enough P1s, as we call them in the radio business, meaning primary customers. They, they never have enough primary customers to do this on their own. And so there has to be a level of collaboration from those who either are too gutless to speak up and say something about it and or um, are are caught up themselves uh, in the spirit of the age and just don't see anything wrong with something that maybe they themselves don't want to participate in. But as Aaron articulated, they don't want to look like, you know, they're the judgmental bigots by saying no. Uh, And that's what Aaron is describing. Your thoughts on this, Shannon?
3: I think this is the equivalent of a situation the emperor has uh, no clothes, right? Or the emperor's new clothes and it, the invisible wardrobe, where you have a society of people, a culture, who are being guided and maneuvered in a direction of absolute falsehood, right? Where they can look at an objectionable truth, right? The sky is blue. The grass is green. There is a male and a female, and become so befuddled in their thinking and so confused in their thinking because they're being hit from so many points, so many disparate points, um, you know, pushing this narrative that. You know, it sometimes makes me wonder if those progressive planners that, you know, we never know their name and they control so many of our institutions, if they're not kind of, you know, c- conducting some weird social experiment using marketing to see how far they can take it with us, right? How far they can move a culture to, to, you know, say up is down, black is white, right is wrong, a man is a woman, a woman is a man. And, you know, I do think that this is much larger and I not conspiratorial in a conspiratorial sense. But I do believe that this is there's a concerted effort here and you can't ignore the coming together of all of these uh, different pressure points. You have academia, you have the culture, you have Bruce Jenner, you have court rulings, you know, Supreme Court rulings plus lower court rulings. They rolled out those bathroom policies in American public schools and primary and middle schools uh, so quickly that you can't imagine that there wasn't some sort sort of concerted effort to really just bombard the American people using not only this complete falsehood and false science, but also shaming them, yes. right? If yes. they stand up yeah, it's say, a
2: tactic. It's a, it's a, it's you you just cited it's a known tactic of of leftist totalitarians uh, in the last hundred and fifty years. It's called jamming. And it's a form of propaganda propagandizing blitzkrieg where you so overwhelm people on every front that they feel like this is the new normal and everything changed overnight. Yes.
3: well, can I can I make one comment? You know, I dealt here locally in the Soda School district when it was four years ago when they were just beginning to roll these policies out worked closely with some of the families in a middle school district where literally the school board and the superintendent were forcing uh, a dozen or so 11 year old girls to get naked in a locker room with a boy. They were changing for swim and there was a a, there was a controversy. And in this little school board in rural America, they were you know, it was a very uh, poor district. Um, and they, had, they essentially bust in dozens of activists from Rochester into yep. these board meetings. Anyone who stood up, these good parents who just wanted to pre- protect their girls, were immediately yelled, shamed, you know, put down. And essentially the policies ended yep. up being shoved through. Everyone yep. had to go to diversity training. Yep. And that's how they do Our, it. A,
2: a, a, a absolute must-read book from about 12 years ago, David Kapelian's The Marketing of Evil uh really set the stage for a lot of what we're seeing right now. Todd, you get the last word go.
4: Well, this is definitely progressivism uh dialed up to 11, but at the core of progressivism is a dark dark spirit. You it would be easy to just say this is just you know crazy uh, American um license going look what's happening we yesterday the uh, uh japanese wedding to the hologram there were people there in a very in a much different culture than ours a history of the samurai which lived on to this very day that the, the your sense of duty to family no shame they're applauding this uh good morning america Michael Strahan, an all-pro Hall of Famer in a man's man sports, sitting there clapping. Like a seal. We've right? seen multiple cases of women, uh, girls' high school track meets out east mostly, uh, where a uh, boy who feels pretty is beating them and taking their state titles away. And s- stadiums are standing up and clapping. I bring all this up to say this is, at the heart of progressivism, is the devil and so i i i submit to you that when people are sitting there and complaining and a lot of these people are claiming but if something happened uh you know like in the catholic church and what's happening to boys and what happened at penn state and the sodomy and what happened in michigan state over and over again to these girls at the hands of nasser hundreds of girls were celebrated uh by uh espn for their courage but it happened over and over and over again so when you sit there and you say if this happened on my watch when you're the one clapping all this other stuff but i would not let that happen i look you in the eye and i call you a liar you all let this happen over and over and over again
2: exit question true or false within five years there will be a person suffering from gender dysphoria which is what we're really talking about here is a mental illness there'll be a person suffering from gender dysphoria given a prime speaking slot at cpac as a quote conservative trans.
1: Aaron. Within five years? Yeah. Oh, uh, bye. That's the easiest buy. Shannon.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Todd. 100%.
1: True. Issue four, Elizabeth I. I thought Saturday Night Live already did this sketch.
3: Now, since we're announcing your candidacy via social media, we thought it would be fun if you actually filmed the video yourself on your own phone. That way it seems more personal and intimate. Hold
0: on a sec. I'm gonna get me um a beer. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Personal and intimate, yes. I better take off this jacket then.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey! Okay. Cooper, my husband Bruce okay. is now in here.
3: Um you want a beer? Okay, now hold up your phone mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can just look natural. Okay. okay? okay. Okay, <laughs> um,
0: and
4: maybe- I'll pass on the beer for now. Sure. You. Oh, okay,
0: let's move on. Yes. So, this is my sweetie.
3: You want to soften a little? Okay, a, a little more? Okay, um, maybe, maybe a lot more?
0: Hello. Um, <laughs> and I'm ah, crazy.
1: I love you.
3: And action. Ah. Citizens, you <laughs> will elect me. I will be your leader.
0: Okay. I love you too. Hey. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Enjoy your beer. Who have we got here so far? Um, Skyler uh, And 14 others? Hello? Denise? Hi. Fortnite?
3: Great, Let, let's stop there. No? Okay. okay, okay.
2: That's the most devastating video that has ever aired on this show. Holy buckets.
4: Devastatingly awesome.
2: Oh my <laughs> gosh. First question. Well... <laughs> Asked and answered, Your Honor. Um, give Elizabeth Warren a letter grade for her presidential campaign launch. Todd A, just outstanding, outstanding. Please
4: more, more. We need the laughs as we go down this slippery slope. If we don't have the laughs, come on.
2: Unintentional self parody oh, is often the best. Yes.
4: Oh man, and I, I, I'm I, I'm being dead serious. There's she was broken uh, to begin with as a candidate for, for multiple reasons and it's let's
2: see what we have here they've got the internet on computers now
4: oh, right my goodness for all of us to see all of us on both sides let's just let's no bs right yes the, look at what we've wrought here just in the last couple days this is you know isn't there a show that's really popular this is us no this is us
2: who and it is I mean, dark and terrible as the dawn. We found out Elizabeth Warren was 1,024th Cherokee Indian. And I guess this week, Shannon, we also found out she's 1,024th human. We found that out as well, Shannon, your thoughts.
3: Well, that was just an absolute pleasure. Sorry, I had to adjust my camera. The light always shines in with you guys <laughs> towards the end of the show. And... um but no, that was a real treat. I give it an A++++++ plus. on my chalkboard back here. If I could just give, you know, this is a real treat. At least if politics is um, awful and miserable and the legislation is terrible and it's more of the same. God bless Elizabeth Warren. I mean, at least we can get something hilarious and ridiculous and the show is enjoyable to watch. I tend to think that these uh, nomination uh, the process of nominating presidential candidates, again, you guys know me, I think it's a lot of it is uh, a show. I think a lot of it is rigged, um, that it, these are predetermined outcomes that we're dealing with. But you know what? At least we can enjoy it. So A++++.
4: And, yeah. Can you imagine? You remember Obama and the beer summit? Can you imagine how awesomely awkward a beer summit hosted by Elizabeth Warren would be? Uh, what? What? brand of beer do you enjoy young oh, man would, yeah no that way. was
2: like watching a reanimated corpse in a bad <laughs> west craven movie attempt to walk down main street in broad daylight and pretend human and pretend like clive barker's pinhead is bleeding from every orifice have a nice day ma'am
1: <laughs> aaron your thoughts oh man that this is this is the, the we're going to talk about this more in the in the truth bomb a little bit. Um, but uh, this is this is why you need to I, I don't know. I, this is why with, when it comes to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I don't want to step on the lead too much because we're going to talk about this later. Um, then don't. We're, yeah. We're 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 just let these people be themselves because that's good enough. Yes. That's good enough. It's better than good. We're, it's great. It's great. We we don't. We don't need to help them be less likable or we don't we, we don't we we don't have a leg to stand on when it com- comes to making them less likable because just it is just it's self-evident. It's self-evident. I want to watch so Elizabeth Warren bring Donald Trump to, a beer. You need to just stop. Doing what you're doing to Alexander Ocasio-Cortez right now and just let her be.
2: Yeah. I want to watch Elizabeth Warren bring Donald Trump a beer while he's on the phone with a seven-year-old kid and asking him to be a yes. with Santa Claus. Yes, yes. That's, that's what America needs. <laughs> that's the singularity, I hope. Exit question of Elizabeth Warren's presidential aspirations were a Bob Seger song. Which Bob Seger song would they be? A, against the wind. B, like a rock. C, turn the page. D, Hollywood Nights. Hollywood
4: uh, Nights? That woman can party. Me
2: too. You, next, the next video, she's sitting there, <laughs> like Chris Catan just bob, and, and and Will Ferrell just bobbing their head up and
4: down girls at the club. Just wanna have fun. Uh, Which girls. is it, Shannon? Which is it?
3: Hollywood Nights, hundred percent. You guys are good. Aaron, I agree with you on
1: every day. no, it's it's no, they're right so far. It's it's Hollywood Nights.
2: All right, let's get to predictions first of the year. Todd,
4: I have got Chargers, Texans, Bears, Seahawks.
2: Okay. Those are your NFL playoff winners for week one. Shannon, your prediction.
3: Debbie Downer here in the house. We are going to get Gang of 8 2.0 in the next couple weeks.
1: Mm. Aaron. Uh, Of all of the playoff, of all the playoff, painful playoff losses that the Chiefs have suffered, um, they are going to find a way to outdo themselves. Uh, This time around, even with Patrick Mahomes, because this would be, they are the lions of the playoffs. We actually get to the playoffs, but in the playoffs, we're we're basically the lions of the playoffs because everybody's saying it's different this time around. It's different this time around. We've got Patrick Mahomes. It's different this time around. No, no, no. They're probably going to play the Colts. That's what I think. They're going to play the Colts. Worst seed in the playoffs. The Colts, we were up the first time Andy Reid took the Chiefs to the playoffs. We played the Colts at the Colts. And we were up like I don't know, twenty eight to nothing at one point or thirty five to seven at one point. This is called self medication. Thirty five to seven at one point, and we still lost that game by one point. I would say we're gonna play the Colts at home, home field advantage. And we're going to be up a like, I don't know, 32 or 35, 42 He's inoculating himself right to now. To nothing. He's, and then we're going to lose by one point. He's like the old
4: school Catholic monk who's walking around in a hair shirt and a chalice belt <laughs> and just whipping himself over the back. Like the guy in the the, the <laughs> albino in the uh, call it movie. Yeah.
2: Uh, my prediction is... Uh, I believe in self-interest even more than I believe in scripted outcomes, okay? The government shutdown, the partial shutdown, it's going to last through at least the State of the Union speech. We're going to be here for a while, at least until then. Shannon, have a great uh, week. Good to see you. Happy New Year, okay? Thanks, guys. And congrats on the new show. We'll be back with Hour 2. Stay right there. Feedback Friday and today's Truth Bomb are next. All right, back with hour two live and on demand on the blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And we will be getting to your feedback here in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Also, if you're listening to us today via podcast or at any other point uh, on demand, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you have a little extra time today, if you could leave us a five-star review, if you haven't done that yet, the more of those we get, the more people like you we tend to get as well. So thank you very much in advance for doing that. And thank you to all of you that have already done that as well. Before we get to Feedback Friday, let's get to it. Today's Truth Bomb, a completely contrived segment that hopefully has still some meaningful content, but is really here and really meant for me to have an excuse to promote my new book, releasing January the 15th, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise, pre-orders available on Amazon.com as we speak. Let's get to it. If you were anywhere around political social media yesterday, you saw probably at least some of this video. So, this is uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez as a student at uh, BU, Boston University. Uh, I guess doing a
1: dance off. Is that kind of what we Dancing with her friends. Dancing with her friends. I love this song, by the way. It's Listomania by Phoenix.
2: And I think, you know, our official show position has been that 4-D chess does not exist. I may have to amend that. Um, At least I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping we have to amend that. And, And I want to congratulate her political operatives who found a very clever way to push back against her awkward defenses or lack thereof of the substance of her socialist beliefs in actual political interviews, including this latest one, where she told uh, Anderson uh, Cooper, who apparently has sobered up enough uh, to do an interview, uh, and, is, and, and was done talking about uh, uh, his mom getting ta- his mom tapping Marlon Brando on national television because nothing nothing says this is a banana than more than that, right? Right? Come on, guys, give me something. It's early in the year. I'm just warming up. Anyway, uh, she, would she say she wanted an 82.7% top marginal tax rate or something like that? Is that what she said? 70. 70. yeah, 70. 70. Oh, my, my bad. Tomato, 70, tomato, 80, 90,
1: 100. <laughs> yeah, 7,000. Let's be reasonable here. Yes, yeah. Of course the labor.
2: But sooner or later, you're talking about real money, <laughs> right? And, and so I got to give her political handlers a lot of props because- She's kind of getting Palinized, whatever the right wing version of getting Palinized is. Mm-hmm. She's kind of getting that right now. Right. You know, and then they came up with this clever way to push back against that by releasing through uh, and, and claiming it was through some conservative media source that like no one had ever heard of. Anonymous Q.
4: So let's instead yeah. of. The all right, you're saying they drop this. They
2: they this is very clever because what you looking what you looking at in that video is an absolutely beautiful young woman who's got some pretty cool moves, a great smile, looks pretty likable to me. I mean, if if not if if Aaron said, "Hey guys, over Christmas break I found the one," and he popped in that video, you and I would be like. Well played. She's that. Well, she's a pretty cool chick, man, and she ain't tough to. She ain't difficult to look at, right? You know,
1: I mean, that, that, we both know that's not true. You guys would be laughing and saying, "No, you didn't."
2: Yeah, you way overshot. <laughs> yeah, no one's buying that. You're way over your, way over your. Uh, you've outkicked your coverage. But that's that's Bill Clinton on Arsenio Hall playing the saxophone, right? I mean, I, the the way she comes across as attractive, as likable. She's got some moves. Suddenly, she looks instantly humanized compared to. Well, lobotomized, which is how she comes across in most of her in most of her interviews. So, I want to give her political team that was a sharp play, dropping that yesterday while claiming to be from some dark web uh, anonymous Q anon Twitter account that no one except folks who have abandoned their children for Reddit forums has ever heard of. I thought that was brilliant. That might be the first example of 4D chess and and um. And it better be. Because I don't want to believe. I don't want to believe people wearing my uniform are so stupid, so tragically banal. Anal. We'll use that. Just drop the B. I don't want to believe conservative media. thought releasing a video that shows a beautiful young woman dancing in rhythm to a hit song and looking friendly and happy and smiling while doing so was going to hurt her brand rather than actually humanizing it and making it for the first time seem somewhat palatable and plausible. I don't want to believe... I don't want to believe there's that much dumb wearing my jersey. So I will choose instead. (laughs) No. I will choose instead to say we have found the unicorn, the first example of 4D chess, that her team did this, pretending to be someone (laughs) this dumb on our team.
4: You're basically saying, I would rather marry the hologram
2: than take... Yes. It's over here. Yes. I'll take the mystery box. (laughs) I saw this video blow up in my mentions yesterday before I watched it. I'm like, what did she do? I'm thinking, what did she do now? Right? So you got me. You baited me and I clicked. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm old enough to be her dad. So I guess we'll just say that's an attractive young woman. And she's hanging out with her friends, dancing. She looks cool. She had a great smile. And I kind of waited for like something stupid at the end, you know, like she rips off that shirt and it says, vote for Che Guevara or something, something. I thought there'd be something at the end. And no, oh, there was just more of an attractive young woman dancing to a hit song, smiling beautifully and having fun with her friends. That's how socialism starts, Steve.
4: <laughs> it's a, that was the gateway drug right there. That's
1: Did also
2: you? how dumbassery apparently starts. <laughs>
1: Did you guys seriously though? Did you guys see anybody on the right or the not left who was like, oh, "I hate this. I don't like uh, Alexander Ocasio Cortez even more now because of it." The- Do you guys see any of that?
2: That's that. Well, that's my point. I, I I don't. Maybe I don't even know who wears the the uniform. May I am coming to the, because once this thing, once people started clicking on it, most people had the same reaction I did, which was, "You guys realize that this is the biggest." Boost to her political brand you could have possibly given her. So I didn't know. I found out a few months ago what QAnon was from Kurt Schilling. I I'd never heard of it. There, this whole you know, um, world of gateway pundit. I I don't know any of that. In fact, if you want me to mute you, come at me with Politifact, Snopes or gate, from the left, or gateway pundit links from the right. I, if, when you send those to me, if you're in my mentions or I see that I'm following you, if I, I don't even click, I just, the only thing I click is the mute button. I just mute you. you it's just like, no, you're not, you've, you, have, you have decided, I, I really don't want you, Steve, to take me seriously. And I'm, I, I'm happy to oblige that um, request and do it frequently, in fact. So I, I don't know this world on the right I'm not a part of it. We'll never be a part of it. Don't want to be a part of it. Okay, but if if it seeped in, if we crossed the streams, and this world, because I don't think I don't I, is it, I don't know what the alt right is right now. The alt right is anybody who actually believes in the Constitution is the alt right now. All right, anybody who actually can quote you know a line from the Declaration of Independence is alt right now. We're all alt right now. Everything's alt right. Everybody, everybody other than Rick Wilson on MSNBC is alt-right. Okay, so I don't know, but there's another world out there I don't understand. That's the black mirror of the right. I don't want to understand it. I'm not going to understand it. I'm going to choose to be willfully ignorant because as I get older, I don't have enough IQ points. Twenty years ago, I could have put some on layaway. I got to, I got to hoard them now. I'm, I'm in, I'm in the hoarding mode. I'm getting older. I, I can't, I can't be wasting them. On, on On whatever that world is, okay but if if yesterday was an example of that world bubbling to the surface and ghostbusters we crossed the streams, and it made it into the main to the mainstream of conservative thought. And this is what you guys do over there. And this is where you know you guys are the really smart people who, because I, I hear from you in my mentions. You know, you're always accusing guys like me and Beck and others of, you know, we're we're willing to surrender America. Um, well, if you're truly worried about the viewpoint Ocasio-Cortez represents leading to America's surrender, you should know you are their freaking Nathan Hale with that video. Or your own Benedict Arnold, maybe. Because that's, that's, the best highlight that woman has had since the night she won the election. I would argue it's the only highlight that woman has had since the night she won the election. So either you so dumb for real. Okay. Or that's 4d chess gentlemen. It's one or the other Todd.
4: Well, I find it, Fascinating and wonderfully ironic that a display of uh I don't think anybody can deny is like the most basic of like high school-esque girl feminine charms is going to be the thing. I, I, so I'm, I'm gendering here specifically by that. That's going to heighten the woke crowd's allegiance to her all the more. the Which is adding another layer on the four-dimensional chest.
2: Khrushchev at the UN taking his shoe off, bald, fat, white guy banging his shoe on a platform and bony finger pointing it at the world saying, we will bury you. Or that video. Which packaging do you think is more likely to suck the next generation in?
4: And, And then the rest... Yeah, you're right, Aaron. The conservative crowd... Uh, wasn't uh, out there finger wagging, but they were spending a lot of time virtue signaling, which is what happens over time, and has always happened over time to uh, Republicans. They know, well, I'm not that kind of person; I would never dare. And uh, she just, uh, yeah. so everybody has to spend time, basically checking the box that says, "Oh, I, I, I don't hate uh, uh, Alexandria Cortez. I'm not one of those." Meaning, in 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 the high ground is lost we aren't talking about a single issue this week uh along with this video is as you've already said steve is her promising that if you have a hundred dollars in your pocket uh she and her friends get 70 of it to fight global warming and
2: we're probably going to be talking about the damn video if 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 that's not 4d chess and that is stupid people on the right. Uh, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. I, I don't, I feel like sometimes I don't have a team. Like I'm a perpetual free agent. You feel whether it? it's, whether it's. You the, don't have a team. Whether, whether it's the smart set that's colossally dumb we talked about yesterday, okay, who, who can do nothing other than sneer through the nose hair at any pretense of advancing any form of conservatism. Or. You know these guys who who believe they're the freedom fighters, man, on the front lines. Interview, do, you know, where, where, where you know where they're where, where they're hanging out with Roger Stone. Between those two camps, I wonder sometimes. Do we actually speak to anybody? Because I want Please tell me that this is not where most of this has gone because, dude, I will get thee to a nunnery. I, I, I make a good living doing this, but not enough... I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not really wealthy at all. I'm still living in the same house I lived on on WHO, but I make a nice living doing this, but not to the point where at the age of 45, I really enjoy this enough and make enough money that if these two camps are who our audience is, I I will I will do something else. I, I'm, I'm I'm at halftime of life. I don't want. I, and I'll just say it. I don't want to be. I don't want you to be my customers. I don't. I don't want to serve your kind. I not I don't want. I, you guys. In fact, you guys deserve each other. You guys will just be here prattling on. Um, While the Marxists are over here, you know, throwing hammers and sickles, uh, you know, into the into the founding documents. I I, I, at that point, I'm just like, you know, what is what I wonder what local sports talk radio pays nowadays, because I know I I won't serve you and I don't want to.
1: I know the rule on the show is that it's always four dimensional chess. So, no, um, the rule is that it's never four dimensional chess. I have a very, very tough time believing that this is some massive thing. It was not a massive thing from right of center yesterday at all. Uh, But, of course, the headlines, This I was just reading a Newsweek story. uh, Conservatives mock Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for college dancing video. Everyone else thinks it's adorable. They cite one account, the original account that posted that video that's now been deleted. The entire account has been deleted. There's a duplicate one out there as well the entire they cite one account that's the only account that posted that that's that was the only thing critical of that video that i saw did you guys see anything else critical now the point still stands though regardless of whether or not this was some sort of stupid four-dimensional chess which is hard to believe but conceivable you you see the story that the new york times had about what happened to, uh, to the roy moore campaign a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um so it's believable uh, it's not likely maybe but it is believable um, the fact, though, I think what you guys are trying to say, and, and correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, the fact that we're even talking about this at length, and when I say at length, I saw people tweeting about it still this morning, yeah. the fact that we're even talking about this is a sign of mm-hmm. deep, deep sickness and really just a, a ton of decay, just a ton of decay uh, about our discourse um, in the not-left America. That That's... That's more concerning. So, I don't think the conversation is, is this 40 DHS or is that, no, I don't think the right is, I don't think the right is like actually thinking that this is a bad thing. I don't think that's the conversation that we need to have. The conversation we need to have is, why are we having this conversation at all? Good
2: point. I, I remember I, I heard Bill Bennett tell a story years ago of when he first got to be uh, Secretary of Education and a Ronald Reagan. And he had given an interview, I, I don't remember if it was the Washington Post or the New York Times, it was one of those two, and a, a, an exhaustive sit-down interview. And he openly said uh, he'd be totally fine with the department he's been put in charge of being eliminated, the money block granted back to the states, school choice. I mean, this was, you know, mid-80s, mm-hmm. okay? And this is like his first foray into the media as the new secretary of education. And they get together, the next day um, is uh, the cabinet meeting. They're sitting there in the Oval Office, and they're all assembled, waiting for the president to come in, President Reagan to come in. And he walks in that room, man, and it is death stairs. Because, he, you know, the, the Washington Pet Post or whoever, whichever newspaper it was there, them are the Times, their op-ed page, of course, took his comments and just eviscerated the entire Reagan administration. You guys hate kids, et cetera. And he walks into this cab, senior cabinet official meeting, and, I mean, he's just getting, you know, glare of death. And it's frosty. One of those things you walk in the room and everybody stops talking so you know it's about you, right? Okay. President walks in the room and he's thinking, I'm I'm totally getting it right now. I'm done here. What for? You know, I stepped on a banana peel. I stepped on a rake. Basically, meaning he's thinking, I took the rake. It was hanging in my garage. I pulled it off, set it down right in the middle of the driveway, and then just kept stepping on it repeatedly. And I'll be updating my resume soon. Reagan gets in. He's got the copy of the newspaper with him. And he sits down. And he begins reading excerpts of the interview. And he's reading excerpts of the ensuing op-ed just trashing Bennett and the Reagan administration. And he lets the comments sit there for a moment. And there's a lot of nodding heads of disgust and shamed <laughs> looks amongst the cabinet. And then Reagan says, looks up and essentially says to the members of his cabinet, Bill here has been on the job for about a week and is already offending all the right people. Yep. What okay. in the Sam Hill of the rest of y'all that have been here for months and years been up to? This is what we came here to do. I bring that up in the context of this conversation if I'm Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and my political team didn't put that out, I'm firing them all, and then I'm going into the bowels of I'm going into my old phones, my old Facebook, my old my old MySpace page, whatever I had that shows me hanging out and just being cool, being Lexi at Lexi from B at BU, hanging out and having fun, right? And I'm flooding the market with that stuff because that's the biggest benefit she could possibly have to what she ultimately wants to accomplish politically. Let's get to it. Feedback Friday. We respond to your responses that you send to us one of three ways. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. And for those of you that are listening on the podcast, uh, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We have the Elizabeth Warren video handy, don't we?
1: Give me just one moment, literally seconds.
2: Okay. I'll read this quick email from Louie. It's about the video while you get it together. Louie writes, um, you, you guys missed maybe the best part of the video when you were ragging about it yesterday. And it's not even when she's awkwardly in the middle, says, let me go get a beer and then can't open it. I don't know, man. That's, that's better than that. But he says, it's when she's greeting the people watching. And she says, "Oh, there's Fortnite."
1: That's, I had that in the video. Did you today. have that in there? Okay. Yeah, I had that in the video. That was like the funny. You guys saw me laughing and stuff before the show, didn't you? You yeah, heard me laughing. Yeah, yes. That is was that the main thing about? that I was laughing about.
2: Louis says, <laughs> "Louis, put, my, my son. We got you know for the kids this year. We didn't do the three gifts. We just because they're getting older now, and finding three things that they don't have and won't just get rid of is getting harder. So Amy and I just decided we're buying them all one big gift this year. Wow. All right. So Noah's one big gift was we bought him a Nintendo Switch." And so he has spent most of his Christmas break on the, uh, you know, online playing Nintendo switch with friends of his at church. Okay. Or play in the game they're playing, of course, is Fortnite. And Louis says it's one of the biggest video games out right now. Yep. Someone watching her video trolled her with a fake name and she didn't even realize it. Talk about out of touch, or maybe I should get out more. Love the show. Let's watch this video again. I can't get enough of this. Uh,
0: and 14 others. Hello, Denise. Hi. Fortnite? good to see you. You sound know, pleasant. Uh, Kenny, wait, wait right? for this. Kenny and the boys. Right. Oh, another one. to see is that Greeny Goddess. Wow, that's a name I'd like to have. So, I might... or as my mother always referred to me, uh, the surprise. You know, you know,
4: you know. I might vote for her. You know,
0: it's one of the things that that uh, we had to decide was. When to do this? I never thought I was going to run for politics any kind of elected office. So who else have we got here? Darth?
3: It's good to see you, Darth.
0: I'm glad you're here. You know, that's what gets me in this fight. That's what makes me excited. So, here's to 2019 and changing she <laughs> is
4: Barbara Billingsley in Airplane. I tried to find the meme. It's probably not allowed because it's racist or something. But when she says, "Yes, stewardess, I speak jive," it's her.
2: <laughs> what do you think her staff was thinking while they're filming that?
1: Yeah, the same thing that uh, whoever that was on Saturday Night Live was telling Hillary Clinton. Uh, Kate McKinnon's Hillary Clinton. <laughs> thinking,
2: I think they were thinking, "Is the check clearing?" I so <laughs> am going to have to update my resume in a month. <laughs> They were thinking, I, I, I wonder, I, you know, I turned down Cory Booker because I thought the whole Spartacus thing was going to be lame and ridiculous. They're probably thinking, can we all work for Beta O'Rourke? That's probably what they're thinking. I, I, I just. No, they're not. No.
4: See, they, see. We don't. This, they knew. That's not a shock to them. That's who they see all the time. And then they go off in the lights of DC, come on, and it turns into pro wrestling. But they all know that that's really her. And they just know that this is the game. And it is pathetic. And as long as the check clears for a little while, and this, this is the first job that came along, and I pl- you know, this is how I felt I had to play my cards. But n- there's not a one of them who was shocked by that. There's no way.
2: The reason you know she is not going to be a serious candidate is videos like that. Because if, if the situation was reversed... And this were a 60-some-odd-year-old Republican launching their presidential campaign with this level. Like, it makes me uncomfortable to be in the presence of that video. It, like, Daniel Day—you know how Daniel Day-Lewis creeps me out? That's one of my things I don't think I've ever told the audience. I'm, I, I, I'm afraid of Daniel Day-Lewis. He's like the Burger King guy animated. So much like life
4: that you said you haven't seen Lincoln, didn't you? I, I can't bring myself I Which can't
2: just... I can't inhabit space with him. It's like watching wow. a, it's like watching a human it's like watching a replicant or a human being a replicant pretending to be a you know, a human replicant. he's it, just I'm un, he's an he's, he's an unsettling presence to me. We're getting that by your
4: inability to explain <laughs> yeah, just, what you're talking
2: just, about. He, he, you he, just can't even. He may, yes, he makes me uncomfortable. That that is un that's, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard and rodents. You know, I don't like rodents. Okay. You know, like I will kill any bug, break any bone. I don't care about any of that stuff. I, 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 I don't like, you know, I don't like rodents. Yeah, you know, I can't, that's like, that's like if someone said to me, hey, I think there's a mouse downstairs. I'm like, no, this show is starting to turn
4: into Elizabeth Warren's video. You realize that everybody <laughs> else on the
2: other end is really uncomfortable right now. I'm
4: to, Steve, come back. I'm, who are you? Over here trying what to is figure
1: this? out who Daniel Day-Lewis is.
4: <laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Does <laughs> he have phantom or something?
2: <laughs> yes, actually. So, what were there? What were there? What when Elizabeth Warren got her staff together the next morning and said, "So how do we do? I mean, how many is it? Pins or pushes or clicks? What do you, what do you kids call them today? So how did you know? How did that get out there? Is it is it viral? Is it viral? Which is it? Okay, right." <laughs> You know, before she hopped in her Subaru and drove to the Capitol, okay? What was the follow-up conversation about how that event went? How do you think that? How do you think that played out? Like, what do you think her staff told her? Now I nailed I'm, it.
4: Now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> uh,
1: I saw something. Let's on do Twitter. it again. I saw something on Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mrs. Warren. You are half as cool as you are Indian. Ooh.
4: I don't know what's if you're just in DC spin mode, you say, oh, all the usual people uh, hate you. So you must have really struck a nerve with, you know, they had to go out of their way to attack you because you're so authentic. Um, I I don't know. It's it's all dumb.
2: Yeah, I I would think if you're if you're getting ready to gear up for the Joe Biden or Beta O'Rourke presidential run.
1: You had a good three days. I'm going to change my name to I don't know. It's all dumb, Todd. You, I
4: think <sighs> you got a shot with that one. Yeah.
2: All
1: right, let's get to some more feedback
2: here. Oh boy! All right, I've been saving this one. We won't have time to answer it, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read it Ooh. now, so that you guys have some.
4: Let it hang then. Right? You have some
2: time to think about it over the commercial break, okay? This is from Jenny in Tacoma, Washington. She says, This may sound like a weird question. So, right away, that's your disclaimer. Okay. This may sound like a weird question to ask two married men and a single guy. But I think sometimes men give better advice to women than other women. Just like the movie, He's Just Not That Into You, sometimes women don't always give you the best or most pertinent counsel. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. In fact, maybe I shouldn't even read the rest of the email. <laughs>
1: just and let just let imaginations run wild
2: during the commercial break. What is this leading towards? You should do that.
4: I'm like seeing if my wife's in the room. What's going
2: on? <laughs> Todd's like am I? am I can I go home tonight? <laughs>
1: is it safe? Is it
2: safe? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have your answer. <laughs> This isn't exactly Jenny around the block, is it? Yeah. <laughs> there is a prayer room, literally, right down the hall yeah. with a comfortable couch. Not that I know from experience. Okay, I heard it. from a friend. Heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another. You've been messing around. All right? Okay. Are you nervous?
1: We can get you a priest too if you need.
2: Todd looks like how I feel looking at that Elizabeth Warren video. (laughs) He's really uncomfortable right now. You know what? So I'm leaving that dangling participle out there. I'm going to let your imaginations just get the worst of you over the next commercial break. Thinking of where this is going, where this email is going. Look at him, man. (laughs) We'll come back more in a moment. All right, you guys ready? Uh, All right. So let me start again here on a Feedback Friday. This is from Jenny in Tacoma, Washington. She says, this may sound like a weird question to ask two married and one single man, Todd right now is like just tell me what the right answer is and yeah. I will say it, please.
1: Yeah.
2: But I think sometimes men have better advice for women than women, just like the movie he's just not that into you. Sometimes women don't always give each other the the most pertinent counsel. I'm a single woman of 44 years old, and I'm starting to wonder if there is a significant other out there for me. I've never been married, I've barely had a relationship. I have to say I haven't really had the greatest successes with men. And so maybe I'm a little jaded. So long story short, or too late, do you believe there is a soulmate out there for every single person? Or are some people meant for a different purpose? Who wants to
1: answer this one first? I would say yes. Pretty confidently. I'd say yes. I mean, there's if it is... in you know, within God's will. Um, for, you know, if, if you have the desire, I don't think the Lord would allow you to have that desire. And it's not a sinful desire at all. It's a good thing, uh, as, as Scripture actually says. Um, if you have that desire, then, you know, you can, you know, it's not a sin to have that desire. You can look. I don't think God would allow you to have that desire if he was not teaching you something or bringing you to a place uh, whether or not that's um, whether or not that's you know an actual significant other, a husband someday, for you, um, it could be that the Lord is is using this for other this desire that I hear that you have um, for another purpose, and that's between maybe you and God. But you know the question about whether there's um, a single soulmate or whether you have a choice. The answer is y- yes. Um, think about. I, and I would put this back on you guys <clears throat> think about some of the best marriages whether it's your own or somebody else that's close to you think about the best marriages and this is hard to do and it's a little slightly tawdry but think about those people being with anybody else it's incongruent I, at least in my experience thinking about you know my parents being with anybody other than each other it doesn't 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 work it does, it because it just seems Uh, So right, like they were meant for each other. Um, So long story short, I think, yes, there's a soulmate. Do you have a choice? Absolutely you do. Is it God's will that you be married? I don't know. But if if he's given you a desire, it's there for a reason.
4: There's two competing questions going on. Did she say her age or didn't she? 44. Uh, Oh, well, it's definitely not too late. Yeah. God's will may be for you to be single, uh, and we don't have the capacity to discern that here. That's a separate question from more generally speaking about soulmates. Uh, this question might sound different than Aaron's answer, but I think Aaron and I are going to the same place. Uh, and I'm happy to have my theology correct, but I, I don't believe that you have a soulmate to the extent that one person right. is out there, right? I, I, I don't. I think that is. People uh, have built that up uh, in relatively recent history. It's
2: uh, we love he, the roman- meaning that in prehistory, God for as just as He foreknew uh, who His covenant people would be, He right. for He 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 elected for one right. singular person right. to be. Your wife, partner, and the love of your life—that's what you mean. Yeah,
4: and that, we, we we've gotten to think that because we've seen a lot of rom coms, <clears throat> and we think that's how this works. I mean, really, as Christians, we we think in a lot of ways that I, we don't really understand have been influenced by the secular culture of this age, and that and and it. Look at how courtship has gone, even amongst Christians. How sexual promiscuity? Well, you know, we're just—it's just innocent fun. We're basically good people. It's been in me. Trust me, it's been deep within me, uh, so I get that. But do, this is where I, I, Aaron, and I, I think, over, do you? It's actually better than I think uh, you might be thinking. You, you have multiple. Possible soulmates in terms of people that can and will fit you because of the grace of God. Yes. It's not just some weird gamble with one person, and you gotta, you know, hopefully you trip across each other. No, uh, God has has potentially made many many soulmates for you. Now the question is, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? We, interestingly enough, we were talking off air about something. You know, we we really have a lot of these standards for you know who who will fit me. And you're thinking, um, not as God does. Uh, if, if God's grace is genuinely forgiving and healing in the way that many of us say we believe, well, when that 44-year-old man who maybe has some tattoos on and maybe has a chain-smoking problem he can't break, and those are things like, I don't, that's not an optic I'm comfortable with, or you know, I just couldn't ever be around, what if that man would love you as God would have a man love a woman like no other man would. What would the smoking matter? Would the tattoos matter? We all have those those things, and they're not necessarily unreasonable. But oftentimes, we are the ones standing most in our way of if we're ever going to be able to find a soulmate. Who defines that? God or you? That's the big question you got to sort out first. And
1: Can I add one more thing? Todd and I are in the same place on this because it's it's paradoxical. Um, the only um, the uh, it's not it's not romantic Calvinism where God for you know chose yeah, that's kind of before. what I was trying to define <laughs> yeah, yes. chose before the foundations the of God. the earth your soulmates the Calvinistic uh, yeah. romcon no yeah no it's not it's not that um it is though you're never ever going to get to the place though with whoever you might end up with that it seems like that unless the right relationship is in its right pedestal in, in your life and in that person's life as well. Because as I was trying to make the point, on all these great marriages that that I have seen, of course there's struggles. There's always going to be struggles because East of Eden, that's the way we do relationships. We don't ever get that right. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's so obvious that some of these marriages are, are working so well. Um, it, it seems like these two people were definitely meant for each other as if they were, as if, as if they were chosen for each other before the foundations of the world even though we know that's not true and it's because that relationship with their creator is right not that because they're compatible of course we all have d- degrees of compat you know compatibility just on a base level but that spiritual compa- compatibility and the understanding with each other that the relationship with their maker, the relationship with their savior, is first and foremost, and they are pursuing that relationship before any other. That's the paradox of this: is in that there is uh, many choices, as Todd said, but the only way, but but the only way you're going to end up with the choice is if you make the choice before you ever go th- to that place of dating or whatever. That your relationship with your Lord is is the first.
2: I think you guys have a lot of great wisdom there. I'm, I'm, I'm a big God sovereignty guy. And so every time I say that, I'll get emails from people. So are you a Calvinist? Are you reformed? And I will repeat what I said. I'm, I'm a big God sovereignty guy. By the way, I do think a Calvinistic rom-com would be hilarious as, as you go through, uh, uh, fail upon failure, fail, you know, relationships because you didn't get the one that was uh, predetermined for you.
4: Um, there's a Monty Python potentiality to it, doesn't it? But
2: here's the thing. When I say I'm a big God sovereignty guy, uh, here's what that means. It means that I'm a big God sovereignty guy. It means that if God wants to pre-elect something to happen, he gets to because he's sovereign. Yep. It means if God, so it does mean that if God, if, if it is, let me give you an example, Jenny, if you're listening right now. If if the reason you are single is because God has willed it that there will be a man that he has a tremendous calling upon who will lose his wife uh, to to a debilitating disease, breast cancer, something like that, and it will crush him to the point that he feels as if God has abandoned him and he can't go on and finish the race God has set before him. And he's at an age in life where he needs a wife uh, who is older and wiser. And you're meant to be that person. God's sovereignty, gets; he gets to determine that. God's sovereignty also gets to determine that when a guy named Steve and a girl named Amy meet up in a hookup chat room on an AOL dial-up modem in 1995, and the goal is, frankly, just to see... Uh, how many how many jollies they can get in a weekend? And God God's sovereignty also gets to say what you meant for evil. I use for good. Here's what God's sovereignty means, and it's why it's my favorite Bible verse. For all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to His purposes. See, I think a lot of the argument that um, not all I didn't say all of it. But I think a lot of the argument that goes on within orthodox Christianity about the sovereignty of God really comes down to will God exert his will in the way I'm intellectually and, and or emotionally comfortable with? Mm-hmm. I'm intellectually and or, and or emotionally comfortable with a God who allows me a wide range of my own free will. And or I am intellectually and or emotionally comfortable with a God who does not? And we'll just make things simpler and make these choices for me. That's your will. Jesus sits there in the Garden of Gethsemane at to use a poker term, this is the degree all-in moment, right here. There's no turning. If you're going to turn back, it's going to be right now. Because once we get past this moment, the die is cast. He's sweating blood. And the, and the portrayal of the scene in Mel Gibson's The Passion with the androgynous Satan over here whispering, they're not worth it. And no, we're not. And Jesus prays not for his will, but for God's will to be done. See, God can sovereignly decide to send Philip to another country to miraculously show up and preach to an Ethiopian eunuch who is a seeker. And then he can decide not to. He can decide it's for his glory, for John of Patmos to be boiled in hot oil and survive. And he can decide for his glory that it's best for St. Peter to be crucified upside down. He's God. We aren't. And he's got a vantage point we don't have. You know, eventually over the course of our lives, we get to see the entire parade route in front of us. But we will see it one float at a time as it comes by. He has a vantage point where he sees the start, the middle, and the end, and the beginning again, all at the same time, into infinity. And ultimately, we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, is there enough evidence that God has left me, and left each of us, for His love for us, for me to trust that will, even when it doesn't make any sense to me. And I have a great marriage. It has not always been a great marriage every time, though. It has been a great marriage in total. Last year, I went through for about half the year, for lack of a better description, a midlife crisis and was moody. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Some of it even seeped out into the show if you were listening back then. You guys got a small doses of it. Amy got the full Monty every day when I went home. And now, you know, she's kind of – it's her turn. Should I go back to school? You know, the kids are kind of grown and do most of this on their own. Am I not needed as much as I used to be? And now I'm kind of feeling like this. I, I, this must have been what I put her through last year, because I want to look to her and say, you know, you, we live a pretty good life here. What, what are we doing? And then I think, how many times do you think she probably wanted to say that to me? So there's a there's a you use the term paradoxical nature. There's a paradoxical nature to marriage. The total the in total. Our marriage has been an incredible blessing, but it doesn't feel like a blessing, and it isn't really a blessing every single moment because we're still sinners trying to figure out how to put our devotion to one another and most of all to God ahead of our own sinfulness. And that's a long process. It's a lifelong one. So my, my encouragement other than I can't add much more than what you guys did. But my encouragement to you, Jenny, would be, and for other people in that situation, is to, is to not put God in a box. I know it's hard. I mean, Amy and I talk all of the time. I mean, that, that's her specialty is sexual dysfunction, both because she's had so many Christian mothers send their daughters to her on their wedding night to tell them, or before their wedding night, what to expect, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is not 1875. With all of the temptation and all of the material and all of the content out there, if you cannot have a sexually satisfying marriage, you're going, to have a, you're going to have a more difficult time than at any point in human history keeping a marriage together because there is more available opportunities for you to get the satisfaction and desire you want fulfilled elsewhere that's more readily available to you than has ever been available to you in the history of humankind. And so on one hand, she's dealing with, you know, Christian women who come to her who have who have really never been equipped for that aspect of a marriage. And on the other hand, now she's dealing with people who have not been equipped that aspect of a marriage for totally different reasons. Because they abused or had this abused upon them, and now they don't know how to put it in a healthier context. So... My encouragement would be really in all of these things, and it's an encouragement for myself as well. The number one reason I struggled with what amounts to a midlife crisis, and, you know, what's funny is I got together for lunch, for breakfast one day with a guy named Ben Bruns, who used to be an all-Big 12 offensive lineman at Iowa State, and he's their sideline reporter. And we used to work together covering Iowa State sports. And Ben's politics are, uh, in many cases, a lot different than mine. But we always got along great because we're also critical thinkers who speak our mind and don't like BS. So we get together for breakfast, and we haven't seen each other for a couple of years. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I am in the throes of this whole, uh, what am I doing here? Uh, okay. I walk in, Ben says to me, first words, wow, man, you've lost a ton of weight. You look great. You're in the best shape I can remember. And I see your daughter, she's performing like at the playhouse and she's got a movie role and I saw your son playing football and I see that your show is really growing. And isn't your wife basically like a sex counselor? That's got to have some fringe benefits, huh, brother? And he just starts giving me this laundry list of everything he's just from afar seen from over here taking place in my life that I have totally lost contact with because I am mired in my own self. And as soon as he said this, I, I just burst out laughing uncomfortably, like the kind of laugh of, holy crap, this is a scam and I've totally been exposed <laughs> and I have no defense. Okay. It was, it was, it was like he, he might, he, he just, in a, without, he didn't, he didn't know, he didn't know what was going on. But in a way, he essentially just kind of slapped me back into, uh, into reality. Why? It's, it's w- The question, you're not asking me about marriage and, Jenny, or marriage and relationships, Jenny. You're asking me about contentment. That's why I've spent the last five minutes talking about my own. That's what you're really asking me about is contentment. That's, that's a lesson I've had. I, I have been learning a lot in the last year and a half. That I'm not really praying about career growth. That I'm not really praying about, God, don't let me do something dumb that morally that disqualifies me from the rest. That's not really what I'm praying about. What I'm really praying about is I am tempted to go to these places because I lack contentment. And the reason I lack contentment is because I've taken my eyes off of everything God has done to take me from a kid born to a 15-year-old mom to where I am at in life right now. And so that would be the only other added encouragement I would add, Jenny, is realize that this isn't about marriage. It's really about your own contentment. Everybody have a great weekend. Back at it again on Monday. John 317. This is Steve Dace.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.